So I'm really excited, Pamela, that you're here today. Can you just talk a little bit about what it is that you do in this field? So yes, I am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, I specialize in intimacy issues. You know, I'm a, a licensed sex therapist and I specialize in all different types of relationship, you know, navigating relationship issues that come up, you know, both in, you know, just general marriage and in the area of intimacy, you know, I see couples and I see, you know, women alone to work through, you know, whatever might be coming up at all different stages of life. There's different, you know, bumps that can come on the road. And, you know, as a therapist that, you know, specializes in this, we try to help people, you know, have very goal-oriented therapy to try and, you know, resolve some of the things that can come up. It's just, it is normal that people are going to have to navigate you know, through just different struggles that can come up along the way. And it's something that, you know, with the help, we just help people to be able to get to just a better place in their intimate life. So I'm really excited about this topic. All right, let's go. What are we talking about today? Okay, so we're talking today about, you know, trying to explore how to communicate with your spouse about intimacy. There's a lot of questions that always come my way, you know, regarding this topic, you know, what people should say, shouldn't say, how to go about saying things. And, you know, we want to address the importance of, you know, talking about intimacy and how to go about doing it. Okay, so why is it important to talk about intimacy? So I think that, you know, often people think that, you know, couples that have problems need to talk about intimacy and need to talk about their intimate lives. And I think there's a misconception around that, you know, based on Obviously, what's out there in the world, people think that it just will naturally flow, that it will all just come together without talking about it. And if they don't have that communication, what ends up happening is that things get misunderstood, things get lost in translation. Couples need to be able to talk about intimacy, not just you know one time, but over and over and over again. And I always tell people that you know healthy couples are the ones that talk about intimacy, not the ones that have problems, right? The ones that you know just want to try to make sure that they're there for each other and they're working together. And it's something that, you know, very often what could happen is that they'll lead to a lot of, like I said, misunderstandings and disappointments and a lot of mind reading goes on when people, you know, try to sort of skip that part of talking about it. And then they'll, they'll assume, oh, you're going to know what I want or what I need or what I like or what I don't like. And that's really a misconception because if you're not talking about it, then how do you plan on exploring this part of your life? Just like any other part of your marriage, right? You got to talk about it. You got to figure it out together. You got to work through the issues and the good parts and being able to communicate about it is extremely important. So why is it so difficult for people to have this conversation and maybe knowing about why it's so difficult to make it a little bit easier? Okay, so I think that, you know, there's a number of reasons why it can't be very hard for people to talk about it. I find it's not just, I would say, you know, younger people have a hard time with it. I see couples that are married for a long time that they, you know, struggle with being able to talk about it. So it's something that I would say is like a skill to be learned because it is so hard, you know, for people to do. A big part, I would say, has to do with vulnerability, right? When you're talking about it, you're making yourself vulnerable, you're opening yourself up, you're, you know, creating a space where you're putting yourself out there, right? So you're having to lower your walls. And I find that for people doing that on an emotional level may even be harder than on a physical level to be able to open up in that way. So definitely, you know, it's something that's a very sensitive topic, obviously, as well. People, you know, are afraid of offending their spouse, of making their spouse feel like, you know, they're saying something that might be hurting them. You know, there's a lot of, you know, room, right, to work on it. But obviously, there's a lot of room that could, you know, come up with embarrassment or rejection or confusion if they're not talking about it, right? And when they bring it up, they definitely, you know, sort of leave that space for, you know, they're not sure what will happen, right? Will their spouse respond well to it? Will they not? Will they be open to what they're hearing? Will they end up, you know, shutting them down? People are not sure what will come up. And I think that often both the husband and the wife are uncomfortable with it, right? So they're just not sure, like, if I bring it up, will my spouse be willing to talk about it or not? So that's where even being able to talk about, can we talk about it, right, is a conversation in itself. Like, you know, how do you want to go about talking about it, right? And we'll talk about that in, you know, in talking together. You know, another reason I think, and like I said before, is that people think it's not necessary to talk about, you know, that it will just all work out naturally. So people also just very often feel like the ones with problems are the ones that have to talk about it. And that's, like I said, a misconception. So in general, I think it's, you know, it is a very difficult thing for people to do, you know, for so many reasons and something that, like I said, you know, couples really do struggle with. And that's what we're 
uh, you know, figure out how to navigate the way through that. Okay. And I guess the flip of talking about it is it, it could get even better. Better can get even better. There's a lot of research that shows that when you talk about intimacy, you know, your intimate life gets better, right? You'll be able to be together more often. You'll be able to work together more often. You'll be able to, you know, have just more pleasurable intimacy together when you're able to talk about it. All right. So how would one of the couple, and it doesn't, doesn't really matter which of the couple, bring up that they want to talk about it? What would be a good way to start talking about talking about it? So I think, you know, in general, people have to check in with where they're at in terms of talking about it, right? Being able to just sort of like check in inside, you know, do you feel nervous? Do you feel scared? Maybe you feel excited and you feel confused, right? Trying to just take a moment to check in with yourself of like, what are you feeling in terms of really being able to talk about it, right? And also being able to check in again with your spouse, right? Like bringing it up as I want to talk to you about this, but I'm a little bit nervous to talk to you about this, right? Putting that out there in the room can often help just lower the level of anxiety around it, right? And when your spouse can maybe say, I'm also a little bit nervous about it, you both sort of will calm down together because it's like, okay, we're both in the same boat together, right? It's hard to talk about. So I think being able to just like put two feet on the ground, recognize that it's difficult, recognize that it's okay to feel uncomfortable, awkward, anxious about doing it is the first step in terms of just, you know, working towards getting there. Um, you know, I think being able to, like I say, give that heads up to each other, right? I mean, as opposed to just jumping right in, like, hey, I want something to talk about it and just jump right in, right? I think it's easier for most people to sort of like, you know, pave the way to getting there, right? Tell your spouse there's something I want to bring up. Like I said, you can share with them that you are feeling uncomfortable about it. And then being able to, you know, express, you know, I want to talk about this. How would you feel about talking about this, right? And it's something that, you know, one person sort of has to often will lead the way, right? Like, you know, if one starts, the other one will will come along with it, you know? So sort of like, definitely... why should it be me? Well, it has to be somebody, so it may as well be you. Right, you both right. Benefit and, yeah, and I think in marriage in general, right? Like, you know, I always, I, I often tell couples that, you know, whoever is the drop easier for you want to say, right, can sort of be the one to jump in and, and start the conversation around it, right? And just being able to, very often the other person will come along when they see like, oh, this is, you know, this is something that we both should be doing together and something important to do. And, you know, as, you know, sort of like the first time they do it, it will be that, you know, uncomfortable situation, but it is a skill to be learned. And with time of doing it over and over again, it definitely does get easier. And like I said the first time, because I think that Throughout our life cycle, there are different needs, I mean, different times early in pregnancy where you might have to change things up and post-pregnancy and as you get older, so the more comfortable you are, you can talk about as things move along in life. For sure, for sure. I always say to have, you know, a good intimate relationship for a lifetime, right? The, the, the biggest tool in that is communication, right? Because as you go through the ups and downs of life, you know, hormonally, right, emotionally, physically, all the things that go on throughout the lifetime, if you don't have that ability to, to, you know, work together, to change things up, to change expectations, to be able to express, you know, maybe, you know, a year ago, I was feeling like this, but now, you know, things have changed, we had a baby, right, different things go on. If you don't have that ability to talk to each other, how will you be able to navigate all those changes together? Because we can't expect that intimacy is any different than any other part of your life where, if you don't talk about it, right, we just will assume things and then all of those, you know, misunderstandings tend to happen. A little bit about when is a better time to have this conversation or when is a less good time to have this conversation? Sure, sure. So I, I think ideally, right, being able to talk about it outside of the bedroom where there isn't that pressure, right, being able to trying to find a time that's good enough for both of you, right? Doesn't have to be like a perfect moment, right? But trying to find a time where, you know, it's a little bit quieter. Maybe you can go out on a date together. Maybe just go for a walk together. Maybe it's just finding a quiet time at night, right? To sort of be able to approach each other about it, right? I do, I think when it's, you know, actually Lamaisa at the time of, you know, of, of being in the bedroom, I think that that's where, you know, sensitivities will be higher. I think we'll talk about, you know, if something feels uncomfortable, obviously that's where, you know, you would be talking about it. But just to have this general conversation about how things are going and how you're feeling definitely would be saved more for a time that's, you know, outside of the bedroom, right? A time where you can, you know, feel like pressure is down and we're both in a good enough headspace to be able to do that. Right. 
So not right before and not right after, as if something just went wrong and we have to talk about it. Right, right, right. Unless so, there was know, something. Right. So obviously there's, I think there's like two different kinds of conversations. There could be a conversation about, you know, let's say the morning after, right, being able to express, you know, what went well for you, what didn't, sort of like a review, sort of, right? Like some people will do that. Some couples will do that. And they enjoy doing that. And they sort of like, they appreciate that time with each other right, the feedback, right, well, you know, and, but otherwise, there's also times that you just want to talk about it, not related to what just happened, right, but just like, oh, by the way, I was thinking about this, right, and, you know, I was, you know, exploring this idea in my head, what do you think about it, right, like, you know, that's obviously a time where it's just, you know, sort of out of nowhere, but finding the right time, right, and I think, again, like I said, it doesn't have to be like the stars aligned and everything is perfect, but just sort of, thinking about, you know, when will my spouse, you know, be in the most open place? If maybe, you know, they just walk through the door after a long day, right? It's not necessarily the time to bring that up, right? But you're sitting at dinner, it's quiet, calm, right? Or at night, children, right? And putting the kids to bed, right? Like, just sort of trying to be smart about it in that way and trying to approach them when you feel like they'll be most open to hearing it. Uh, I, I would like to add to that is that sometimes it's just the invitation of when is a good time rather than just saying, I want to talk now. So I think right. scheduling, so to give them, like you said before, a heads up, but a heads up to actually start thinking about what they would want to contribute to the conversation. Right. I would say, except for like someone who's more of an anxious personality might get scared from that, right? Like, you know, so I think as someone who could sort of, when I think if they have that dynamic together, that like they could bring that up and like a plan for it, that's great. But obviously if your spouse is a more anxious type person, I would say, be like, oh, what do you want to talk about, right? Like, you know, what, what's going on, right? And they may get nervous from that. So I would say, depending on your spouse, whether that works for them or not, right? To sort of give them that heads up and then they're like anxiously waiting all day to, to hear what you have to say. You know, okay. so I think that depends on the personality. <laughs> depends, depends. That's a very important word. It's always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. always, always. Talk no, about what no. to consider, not exact, an exact script and exact way of doing things. Right, right, right. There's no hard, fast rules with any of this, right? Okay, so what would you include in the conversation? Like if you're planning to, like, to have a full conversation or to have a meaningful conversation, what should you plan? Okay, so I think that, you know, it depends. And obviously, again, like I said, the type of conversation you're having, right? And the sort of the necessity of it. So if it's something that is really, really bothering you and you sort of want to do it sooner, right? Then maybe you're going to, you know, not have this full planned out conversation. You're just going to have to talk to them the next day about something that, you know, was bothering you or something that's on your mind. But if you're talking about, you know, again, like sort of a more broad conversation, I'm going to give you some, you know, like what I give my couples in terms of some like starting points in terms of, you know, things to, you know, the ways to address it. A lot of times I'll, I'll have actually couples fill this out you know, of like a couple of lines to, to fill out. So what I tell them to start off with, if they're just starting to have this, like, you want to say initial conversation about intimacy. So I would say something like the first thing would, would be the line to fill out would be something I appreciate about our intimate relationship, right? So both of them would fill that out. I would have both couples fill this out and read this to each other. If, if some people just needed sort of like a, a script to start with, right? So that's the first one, something I appreciate about our intimate relationship. The second one would be something that is working in our intimate relationship that I would like more of, right? So you're sharing sort of what's good and what you'd like more of that. The third thing would be something I would like to try differently in our intimate relationship. So that sort of leaves, leaves room for like, okay, I would prefer this over this, right? I want to try this different, right? The fourth one is if we tried this thing, it would make me feel, right? So they're writing out how it would make them feel. And the fifth one is I appreciated having this dialogue because... So I have couples filling this out, um, you know, like both of them and then sharing it in my office, you know, to sort of get that started of like sort of a script. Some people need that, you know, like something to have in their hands to be able to start with. And if they're both doing it, they both sort of are being vulnerable and they'll feed off of each other. So in terms of a plan, if somebody wants to, you know, utilize that, that's great, right? Just as like a plan of where to start with. Um, I think in general, right, obviously, you know, we try to keep it more positive than negative. You know, in general, if you, you know, I, I don't think that we have to stay away from if something is bothering you, I wouldn't tell couples that they shouldn't be addressing that. But always, always you're starting with, you know, more so saying, like, like I said, you know, something I would like to try differently or, you know, I prefer this over that. Right. So it's not, you know, rejecting. It's not, you know, harsh. It's just being able to sort of guide in a different direction. 
with that caveat, I would say that like at the same time, obviously if something's really wrong, right? Someone might have to spell it out explicitly, like, you know, this is really not working for me, right? This is uncomfortable for me, right? If they have to do that, they're gonna sandwich it with a positive, right? Like this is really great, this part's really great, you know, but I would this is this part's not working. Right. So I don't think it's that they can't say what they want, what they don't want. I think they just it's very important to say what you want and what's working for you and then you know kind of throw in what's not working for you if that's there as well. Okay. So what are some of the more common things to discuss? Like the I think it was your third question, what you mm -hmm. do want, what you want to try, what are things that you might couldn't think about. Right. So you're saying, you're, repeat your question again. So what are some things that you might try? Like I'm thinking in the categories of like how frequency, you know, different times. Okay. Of, you know. okay. Yeah. I mean, what, what to talk about meaning? Yeah. So yeah, there's obviously a lot to navigate, especially, you know, you know, newly married, which could be the first couple of years, right. Being able to navigate, you know, the couple of things that you know, that are obviously things that you have to discuss that you wouldn't know from each other, right? Maybe you don't even know yourself. And that's a very important piece also, right? Like you may come to the table to want to discuss it, but you may not even know what you need or what you want sometimes, right? So that's obviously an important piece to be able to explore and understand yourself because if you're newly married, then you're not going to automatically know these things. And it's okay to say that also, right? Like it feels like I need something else, but I'm not even sure what it is, right? So I'm not expecting that even though we might go through a couple of things that, you know, could be talked about that I'm not expecting that everyone has all the answers to this right away, right? You may need to explore it together. Um, so, you know, frequency definitely, right? Like, would you prefer, you know, being able to talk about would they prefer to schedule it or for it to be natural, right? To be able to explore with each other. What are the pros and cons of doing that? How you feel about each approach, right? You know, a lot of people have, you know, difficulty with the idea of scheduling it, but sometimes it does work better for your lifestyle. So being able to talk about that, right? Like what, you know, what do I imagine working better for me? Are we willing to try this together? You know, let's see how this goes. Being able to talk about, I, I often, you know, suggest to couples that they sit down on maybe Mose Shabbos or the beginning of the week and be able to talk about, you know, which nights of the week look like nights that, you know, maybe we're gonna be able to try. Right, they do want to sort of schedule it a little bit, right? Because otherwise they might just like be missing each other, right? Like, oh, I didn't know you had a chasna that night. I didn't know that you had to be out for, you know, parent-teacher conferences, whatever it is, right? Like whatever it might be, right? And then you sort of miss each other and end up, you know, like, oh, you know, how did that just happen? How did the week go by, right? So I usually suggest people to, you know, couples to sit down, to talk that out as opposed to expecting again mind reading or too much room for you know sort of misunderstandings to happen. Um, another thing that you can be talking about is the initiation process, right? And again, this may be something that you don't know right away, but you can explore it together of different options, right? Who initiates? You know, like you know, do do I want you to initiate? Do I want you to initiate? Do we switch off? Do we you know sort of just wait for each other? How do we want to bring that up? Do we want to eight o'clock you know before you know, the husband might go out to learn, right? Be able to say, hey, you know, later tonight, you know, do you want to try to spend time with each other? How do you want him to say that, right? What works best for you? How do you, you know, do you want her to be able to come home and just give you a hint, right? Like there's so many different ways to go about that. And just being able to say, let's explore different options, right? Let's try this out and see how it goes, right? It's, you know, let's see how, because like I said, really being newly married, you're not going to know that right away. Maybe some people have an idea in their head, but a lot of people won't. And to be able to say, okay, like, let's, let's just out of curiosity, see how this goes. And then we can talk about it afterwards, right? If you have the ability to talk about it, then you also are more willing to try something because you know, afterwards you could say, hey, I didn't really like that so much. It didn't go so well for me, right? Like I would prefer that we, you know, tried it this way next time, right? Like, and being able to be able to have that expression, you know, to be able to talk it out allows for more room for curiosity and possibilities to explore. So, you know, how to be able to, you know, initiate, how to be able to, you know, what do you, what works for you sort of like, you want to say during, during the day, right? Like, how do you, how do you want to be able to stay connected, especially let's say on a mikvah night or be able to, you know, know that, you know, we're there for each other, right? Do you want me to, you know, buy you a gift? Do you want me to think about you in some kind of way? How do we keep up the connection obviously at any point right in the relationship but especially if you know that let's say you are scheduling it or you know that it's just coming and you know it's really important obviously to keep up connection all the time but for some people 
you know, on the nights, especially that they know that they're going to spend time with each other in that way, that they are able to have some sort of that connection going, right? It could maybe be a text message. It could maybe be, you know, just before you leave, you know, to go out for the day, right? They say, I'm looking forward to later, right? Like being able to, you know, have some kind of playfulness around it and, you know, not just be, okay, only when, you know, you get to bed, then it's all happening, right? So that's also part of the communication. It's not just about talking about intimacy, right? But it's about intimate conversation, right? In different ways. So that also is part of it. And also yeah. sometimes it's not even words. I mean, you can leave a note, a flower or whatever right. it is, right. all kinds of other ways yeah. of communicating. Yeah, a lot of that's going to have to do with love languages, right? Like what speaks to you, right? If anyone, you know, like I always tell my couple to read the five love languages, a lot of people have, but it's a, it's, it's a very important piece to know about yourself, right? If, if if someone's never read that, that's a very important, you know, book to read because it really helps you to know like how to translate it over to intimacy, right? So if you really do like gifts, right? And your, you know, your spouse knows that maybe they're going to buy you the chocolate bar that day, right? Maybe they're going to, you know, just throw that in and that will help you to get more into the mood, more into the headspace around it, right? So you have to speak your love, your spouse's love language or else it won't really work so well, right? So that's very important to know that, you know, and you know, other things that, you know, obviously will have to be navigated are, you know, again, things that you like. I think it's easier for people to know things that they don't like versus things that they like sometimes, right? Like it's more obvious to them, like, oh, that didn't feel good, right? That's more obvious to them. Or maybe it's much, I think it's actually much more vulnerable to share what does feel good versus what doesn't feel good, right? I think it's easier for people, you know, to go more to the negative headspace and to that, to that you know, letting themselves go and be vulnerable to say, well, that was really nice for me, right? Like to be able to share that, I think for a lot of, you know, from women as I treat them, but even for men, right? To be able to share that sometimes can be really vulnerable, but it's obviously extremely important, right? To give feedback, you know, both verbally and non-verbally, right? To give that feedback because how else would you know? And I hear all the time from husbands that, you know, just their wife being able to make some kind of sound or some some indication of something was good for them gives them so much, you know, pleasure because they know that they're giving to their wife and that it's working, right? As opposed to if it's just like sort of, you know, silent and, it, you know, there's no feedback after, there's no feedback during, then they really have no idea whether like what they're doing is, is good or bad, right? So it's extremely important to know that. Also, uh, we talked about more about the actual but sort of the also talking about what can get me in the mood or what doesn't mm -hmm. or what mm -hmm. to not mm -hmm. do. Right. To be able to share that is very important, right? To be able to, you know, again, if someone knows that, right? Like, and I think that's, that's going to be the exploration, you know, piece, right? Like, and, and I usually break it down for people in like three categories. I usually tell them, you know, discuss it, sort of think about it, right? And then discuss it in, in, in three different categories you know, what I know that I like to do or I, what I know gets me in the mood, right? Being able to share like things that you already know about, that's like, you know, sort of, you know, an, an important piece. Then there's what I might be willing to try, right? To be able to discuss like, hey, these are things that maybe you brought up to me or I'm not sure about, and I'm willing to try those things. I'm willing to explore with you and figure out, you know, does that get me in the mood? Does that help me? Does that not, right? Being able to sort of explore that with you and then we're gonna share how that was for me. And the third thing is what I'm not interested in trying, at least for now, I say, right? Like, you know, at least, you know, right now I know like that's not something that I'm comfortable with, but, you know, let's see as we go along and we get more comfortable with each other, if it's something that changes, right? So I think when people can like sort of categorize it that way, it helps them to break it down in their heads as, okay, like, you know, we can lay it out better as like, you know, things willing to explore, things that are great, things that I'm not sure about, right? And not ready yet to go there. You know, so that's also sort of a framework that, you know, can get developed for a couple that helps them to be able to navigate that conversation as well. So when you talk about things that we're asking for, it's, I mean, there's one thing that we, the asker prefers, but not necessarily would the one who's being asked feel comfortable doing it. So can you talk a little bit to that? Okay, what do you mean by that? But like if, I, let's say the wife want, is would like to be, um, at, you know, asked, or she would like him to initiate in a specific way, and he, it's not his style or it's not his mm -hmm. comfortability. So, can you talk to that a little bit? Right, right. So, meaning that if if 
the, the either spouse, right, is asking for something that's not that they don't feel comfortable doing, or it's not really their their way of doing it. Yeah. So I think there's a difference. Between I'm not comfortable with it, right? Or you know, like like for whatever reason, right? I'm, I don't feel comfortable saying that. And I think we have to respect that if someone's saying that, right? Even if it's something that you know, being able to say, okay, you know, is there any way that we can compromise or any way that we can work together with this? I think it depends on the level of discomfort. If it's a matter of style, right? Like you sort of have a different love language and, you know, that happens all the time with couples, right? I think it's being able to, you know, if it's not a matter of like strong discomfort, it's just a matter of style. I think that the person who's asking for it needs to be patient about it and be able to really guide the other one, right? What that looks like. Sometimes even giving a script. People often, you know, want their spouses to to read their minds and to be able to like, oh, I give you a little bit, right? I think a lot of times we like give a little bit, hoping that our spouse will come on board, right, with like with what we're saying. And you know, that that speaks to the vulnerability part, right? Like we'll we'll step in a little bit and hope that you catch on. And when you don't want sort of like it disappoints you. But I always say the person who's asking for it, right, has to recognize that they have a role to play in asking for it, right? They have to think about, you know, that like, this is not so simple for my spouse. They don't really speak in this way. They don't really work in this way, right? It, maybe it's a matter, again, of getting used to it, but you have to navigate that with them, right? You have to be able to navigate, just like, you know, if you know that a certain thing does work for you and you really enjoy that thing, right? But your spouse is, you know, learning how to do it, right? People get impatient. They're sort of like, okay, like, you know, they, they, they put up their walls very quickly because like, oh, he doesn't get it or he doesn't know how to do that, right? And it is like, that's why I describe it as a skill to be learned, right? This is something that has to be navigated with each other because you have one conversation and I see this all the time. A lot of couples that will say, but we spoke about this and I'll say, how many times did you speak about it? Oh, once, right? Like, and it's like, okay, that's not gonna work, right? You need to talk about it again and again and again. And especially when it's sort of like a different language, right? Then it's something that will require a lot of communication around it and a lot of navigating together and exploring to be able to get it to a place where it's working well. And it can work well. It just takes time and conversations to get there. So like if one says, I want you to be more playful, now define what playful means to you. Exactly. It something exactly. totally different. Exactly, right? And I think that we're always like, we don't want to spell it out. We want you to figure it out, right? And that's always room for disaster because they're not going to figure out exactly the way that you need. And I really do think that healthy couples are ones that spell it out. Right now, you're not going to spell it out for the rest of your life, but it, you know, it has to become almost like a routine. It has to become part of your relationship together, and then, and then that will, you know, sort of stick. But it, that takes time to do, right? It just, it does. Right, and I think that the if you don't know exactly what playful means to you, you just know that you want it to be lighter. Then right. explore together, but say that you don't exactly. know and help. Let's let's do this together. Exactly, for sure, for sure. Okay. Uh, can we talk about how to talk about uh, saying no or not now or I'm not sure I'm in the mood? Can you talk to mm -hmm. that? Yeah, so that's that's a hard one, right? People, I, I think in general, you know, couples, right, are, are often, you know, when they're especially when they're newly married, they're always like, I'm not supposed to say that, right? Like that that's a that's a no no, right? That's a, that's a you know a place that we don't go to, and it's. It creates, I always say that in order to give a real yes, you have to be able to say no, right? You have to be able to have the ability to talk about when it's not going to work for you, right? So obviously the way I, you know, put it, it's something that's sensitive and you have to be really gentle about it, but something that has to be an option, right? It has to be an option to be able to say, you know, I thought tonight was going to work out for me. I feel so bad. No, it's not going to work out. I don't think I can get there, right? And being able to, the best way to say it, being able to, to really go to the not now, right? It's, it's not about, I think a lot of it has to do with expectations, right? Of like, if you expected it that night, it's harder. But if you give your spouse another night to like sort of look forward to, right? I thought tonight could work. I'm so exhausted. Such a long day. I really want to try for tomorrow night. Right. I'm going to make sure to, you know, try to, you know, get to bed early tonight and be well rested and we'll plan for tomorrow night. And like, I can tell you from working with so many couples that will always work, right? Like if your spouse sees that you care about their feelings and it's not just like the flat out, no, sorry, right? Like too bad sort of a feeling, right? And they see like you want to work and it. it's just tonight's not going to work. That happens, right? We can't always anticipate how we're going to feel when it comes to the moment, right? So if that's happening, right, 
too frequently, then obviously a couple might need to navigate that and maybe even go for professional help if it's something that there really is a blockage where it's happening so often, right? That uh, they're always pushing it off won't work. But if your spouse starts to see like, oh, you said not tonight, but tomorrow night we really made it work and it was beautiful. They'll always want to take that over you pushing yourself through it, right? They'll always want to take that better night, right? But if it just sort of ends there as a no, right? Then it's, it, it, it won't work. Right, it will sort of then feel rejecting and it will be something that will obviously create tension for the couple. So I think being able to express it as, you know, not tonight, but let's try four will always help, right? To be able to sort of give the proper expectation, show your spouse that you care. Obviously being, you know, and, you know being empathetic and being sensitive to your spouse's feelings and showing that you care about that. I know it's disappointing for you. I know you were looking forward to it. You know, I'm really sorry about it, right? I wanted to try to get here tonight, but I'm not able to, right? That's something that always, you know, I, I would say really for the most part, from the couples that I see will always help mitigate the situation and it will be fine, right? Like you'll work through it together and it's okay if your spouse is a little disappointed, right? I always tell people like, you know, in marriage, sometimes we're disappointed, right? It doesn't mean we're disappointed in our spouse. It means we're disappointed in the situation. And be able for your spouse to be able to even say that back, right? Like, oh, I'm disappointed, right? Like I was looking forward, but you know what? Let's let's try to make it work for tomorrow night, right? You know, and also being able to say, are you in the mood for anything? Are you up for just cuddling and falling asleep together, right? Are you up for, you know, just sitting and schmoozing and having a snack together, right? Some sort of, you know, sort of show of connection will even help further, right? Like I'm not up for that, but I'm up for this. Right, and being able to just still not have the night sort of be this like tension filled, you know, night where you're both sitting in the room just like with this heaviness and being able to just say like, okay, so it didn't work tonight, right? And we're gonna try again, but like we still can sort of stay connected tonight in a different sort of way. Can you talk also to the point of, I'm not sure, you know, like if this will get us all the way, but can we, you know, we can start and see how it is, yeah. For sure, for sure. So that's, you know, I always, I always say that, you know, you're just talk out what's on your mind, right? Don't, don't try to, you know, save face and, and, you know, try to be the bigger one and just like, you know, give half an answer, try to just talk out the elephants in the room, right? So if you're sort of in that place where you're like, okay, I'm not sure, you know, I am, you know, a little bit tired, I'm a little bit this, I'm a little bit that, right? Like, I'm not really sure where it's going to go, say that right? Just talk out, verbalize what's, what's going on through your head. Because your spouse is always going to appreciate knowing where you're at versus, you know, just being in two different corners, right? I, I think all the time people push themselves to try and, you know, be the good wife or be the good husband, right? And I, and I think most spouses pick up on these things anyways, right? So they'd be much better off, right? Instead of giving even the no, being able to say, you know, how do you feel about this, right? I, I'm, maybe I'm up for trying, getting started a little bit. Let's see if we start out, how I'm feeling. Are you up for that? Would you rather just, you know, try again tomorrow night? You can give those options. And I think that, you know, depending on the couple, depending on the person, what they would prefer, right? But that also always has to be an option to be able to say like, I'm not sure, or being able to talk out if for whatever reason, you know, you're struggling and you're nervous, right? And being able to say like, nervous, a little nervous, I won't get there, or I won't be able to get into it, like, just talk that out, because it always 100 million times works better than being able to just be in your head, and I always tell couples, like, just the two of you being in your own heads is the worst place to be if you're in different pages, right, and when you can come on the same page, that's where the connection comes from. Well, that's where the intimacy part comes from, the, exactly. the intimacy part of sharing right. and who you are. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and communication is really, really what builds that. Okay. Um, can we talk a little bit about how, what are some things that might help someone get into the mood a little bit earlier? Like the anticipation can really add to the whole excitement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, again, I think we said earlier about the love language piece is, is an important part, right? Making sure that, you know, every, you know, during the day, during, you know, for, especially for women, I think that, you know, the getting in the mood piece is very important. Feeling connected is very important, right? So speak, you know, thinking about, again, you know, the text messages, the notes, the gifts, right? Depending on what that thing, you know, what that love language is, making sure to spend time with each other beforehand, right? And then this is a conversation itself too, right? Like what helps me to get in the mood? What is it that, you know, I want, you know, from you? What is it that, you know, speaks to me? And again, people get very, stuck on spelling it out right and like I'll even tell some couples like 
give your spouse a list of things that really work for you. And they get like very nervous about doing that. Like, oh, it doesn't mean anything of that. And I, and I say, maybe like if you hand him the list and he did one of those things, it's not going to mean anything. But if you're handing the list, you know, sort of starting out and, you know, two months later, he does one of those things, you're going to forget about the list. Right. And for some people, you know, it really does help them, right, to have sort of a map of where to go with it. Right. So really intimacy does start outside the bedroom. Right. And it's something that, you know, starts from, let's say, the moment you wake up. Right. Until until the nighttime. Right. That, you know, like I say, especially for women. Right. More so. Right. Stereotypically, women even need more of that. Right. Than, than men do. But men appreciate it, too. And some men need it even. Right. So being able to just be honest about that, right, you know, being able to be honest about what, you know, it doesn't work for you maybe when he, you know, comes home and, you know, you sort of jump right in, right, and you need to sit down and schmooze with each other for 10-15 minutes, right, like being able to just think about that, you know, thinking about what is it that during the day that you want, right, do you want him to call you during the day, do you want him to be bringing something home for you, you know, just trying to really go through those things, and like I said, you may just have to explore it. Right. Also, you know, part of what doesn't get you in the mood, right? What are things that turn you off? Because if, you know, that if that's happening, right, that, you know, your conditions are not being met, let's say, right? So let's say if a turn off is that, you know, he comes home and he, you know, jumps right, you know, jumps right to sort of starting to touch you, right? And that for you is like a no, no, right? You need time, you need space, right? When you just get home with each other. If that's if that's who you are, that's okay, but that has to be communicated in a healthy way. It has to be spoken about, right? It's like, again, I prefer this over this. You could say it like that, right? Not in a rejecting way. And being able to explain that a lot of people are just like that, right? And if if you're hitting, you know, on your break, right? I always explain to people there's a break and an accelerator when it comes to intimacy, right? And if things are hitting on your break and turning you off, then you're already two steps back, right? So you need to talk about those things also. It's like, this is what hits on my break, right? You can talk about it that way and sometimes makes it easier to say, you know, explaining the break and accelerator to your spouse and saying, this is something that hits on my break. It's an easier way of saying that this turns me off, right? It's a much stronger way of saying it. And if you think about all the things that hit on your break, then you can, you know, avoid those things together and being able to then, you know, hit on your accelerator, right? So it's very important. If, you're, if your brake is being stepped on, your accelerator can't go, right? So you really want to try and, you know, talk about those things in that way, being able to, you know, have that language talk about it. I think that, you know, people, you know, don't know how to say those things, but I think if you can get comfortable with that, you'll see it works so much better and minimizing the things that, you know, just hit on your break and, and increasing the things that hit on your accelerator. So, I mean, especially if you don't talk about what you do want and then your spouse goes to the typical lists. Right. And it's not something you want. I mean, if you're not going to say right. what you do want, let's just say the husband buys flowers because that's one of the typical things. Mm -hmm. The florists have done a very good mar job marketing themselves. Right. And you don't want flowers. Mm -hmm. Right. Then, right. Sure. Then you, you know, that's a waste of everyone's yeah. efforts. Right. And then, and then they feel like, you know, I tried so hard. Right. And I say, I've, I've had a couple that I've seen are married for, you know, 15, 20 years who are just, you know, again, well-meaning, well-intentioned, but just missing the mark in terms of that. Right. And just like, it's so frustrating because it's like, I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to make you happy. And it's frustrating for both people, right. For both spouses. Cause it's like the one spouse feels like I'm trying so hard. The other one feels like, but you keep on missing it. Right. So again, it has to be navigated. It has to be talked about because otherwise that could happen for a really long time. And both are just just trying to make it work. And but they're just like missing like two ships missing each other. I also hear often enough is that mikvah night and she comes home when the house is still a mess. Like, doesn't he mm -hmm. like, you know, I lost an hour or so going to the mikvah and you didn't right. even clean up. And yeah. she could have just said something when I come home, it would be so nice if the kitchen was clean. Right. Right, right. So that's a big one. Yes, people, I think very often women feel a tremendous amount on them on Mikvah night, right? Like they have a lot to do, especially when they have children and they have to get out and there's just a lot going on. I've had, you know, clients tell me that, you know, they had a baby and they were like, didn't want to ask their husband to come home and help them until the last minute. So they were managing the baby and then nursing and running in the bath and, you know, running all over the place and, you know, just feeling so spent by the time he came home resentment builds up over time but really they were just like oh it's not right for me to ask him to leave yeshiva in order to help me out tonight right and really it's the husband's greatest joy right to be able to say like 
this will really help me tonight. This will help me feel calmer. This will help me feel if you came at home an hour, you know, so I can prepare, you know, without the baby, right? Like, and I can just get ready. It's huge, right? To be able to just say that and to be able to just spell it out. And I, again, I do think that, you know, stereotypically, you know, women have a harder time with this sometimes, like being able to just say like, you know, it's just, this is hard for me, right? Like, I just want, I, I need this, but I can't ask for it. And we'll sort of go through why not. And when they do it, and their spouse is just so happy to help them. Obviously, it makes them feel so much better, but that initial push through is huge. So for sure, mikvah night to think about what's gonna help you feel calmer, what's gonna help you feel like you have space to do what you need to do, right? It is a busy night. It is a night where there's a lot going on, right? Just trying to sell out what you need, you know, what your expectations are, right? I really would love for the bedroom to be cleaned up and, you know, whatever it might be, right? Just be able to spell it out and you'll see that it will go so much better if you're able to do that. So let's talk about um, spontaneity versus scheduling. Like you mentioned it a little bit before, but can we talk about sure. what would be some of the benefits of scheduling versus spontaneity? Okay. So yeah, I think that people have a hard time with scheduling it. They, they're very resistant to the idea. They feel like there's something wrong if they have to schedule it, and it's very much not true. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, personalities. A lot of it has to do with your schedules in general, right? So if you have a very busy schedule, if, you know, you're out at nights, so many different things, right, can come up where there's really just not room for it unless you talk about it and schedule it. Um, the benefit of scheduling it is a lot of the mind reading is taken away, right? So especially for couples where I find that every night it being on the table is not a good setup, right? Meaning that every night, you know, he's coming home and she's like, he's gonna ask me tonight, is he not? You know, and he's thinking, is she, is she in the mood tonight? Is she not, right? And they're playing this like dance around each other, right? Around like, should we try, should we not try, right? And they both sort of know what's going on. There's the elephant in the room, right? Sometimes these couples, you know, really have a hard time with that. And just knowing like, okay, Tuesday night is a great night, right? Let's plan to work together to try to get there. Right. Not in this like etched in stone sort of way, but like we're going to work together to try to get there that night. Right. Like let's plan ahead. You know, for some people that works really well. For some people who are more, you know, very organized, structured type personalities, that also works well. Right. They can plan the rest of their week around it. They can, you know, think about that night, what they need to do ahead of time, you know, get the house cleaner earlier, whatever they need to do. You know, those people especially that need like everything done before getting into bed sort of a thing. Right. Like, being able to, you know, know, okay, like he's coming home at, you know, 9.30, I'm going to make sure that I have everything done by then, right? For, so there really is a lot of benefit in terms of that. It takes away the guesswork. It takes away the mind reading. They can both prepare, you know, mentally and physically for it. Obviously, some people just very much are allergic to that idea. They're like, you know, it, it just feels so forced. It feels like there's a lot of pressure comes on that night. I don't find that, you know, so much the pressure is so different either way, meaning that, if it's scheduled, yes, obviously that night is planned for and there's a certain amount of pressure on that night of like, we're going to try, right? But otherwise people also feel a certain level of like, okay, then the pressure is almost always there to some degree to try to find the time for it, right? So I don't think that there's a way to completely eliminate all of that, but I think it depends a lot on your personality and depends a lot on what might work better for you. And I always tell people just explore the options, right? Just like try it out, try it out for a week, right? See how it feels, see how it goes. You may really like it, you may really hate it, and then you can talk about it, right? And see how it is and see how it, it was for you, you know? So like, even though spontaneity is great and wonderful, I think that sometimes we bank on it too much and then you miss each other, like I said, right? Depending on your, on, you know, your ability to communicate, your, you know, the skill that you have in communicating, it, you know, both ways have its sort of its pros and cons. Okay. You mentioned before a little bit about communicating during uh, could you talk a little bit more about what would be some other ways? You said to make sounds, but what are some other ways? So I think that, yes, there, you know, where I would say that during comes in, again, as a lot of it is, is about feedback, right? Like being able to indicate to your spouse if something is working or not, especially when you're, you know, early on, especially you're exploring, right? Like you're not, you don't know, right? You both don't know, right? So being able to indicate it, you know, whether is if you feel comfortable verbally, being able to say, you know, that felt good, right? That's good for me, you know, that's better for me than that, right? You know, one versus another sort of a thing, right? Sometimes people just prefer to take hand, you take your spouse's hand and put it where you want to put it, right? Being able to just like, you know, especially I think if something feels uncomfortable, if you guys can set up ahead of time, like if it feels uncomfortable, you know, I'm not talking about painful, I'm talking about just like, I don't like that, I'll just move your hand away, right? Like, you know, because I think that at the time, actually, you know, of spending that time together, 
you have to be even more sensitive to like, oh, that didn't feel good, right? Like that can be very rejecting in the moment. I mean, obviously if something is painful and you need to indicate that, you need to indicate that. But, you know, bearing, you know, just not being painful, I would say that like, you're just a little uncomfortable. You rather not that you can just move a hand over, right? And you can develop, you know, whether it's a language or a code word that works for you or just moving your hand away. In terms of the positive, right? A lot of times it'll just be like a sound, right? It could also be a word. It could also be, you know, if you're able to express more than that. I think people miss out on this all the time. And they think, again, they don't have to do this. Like my spouse will just see me. They will know, right? They often don't know, right? Good or bad, right? Like they're not always, especially early on in marriage, like they're not always attuned to each other in that way. That you can see the slight facial expression that happens that like indicates, oh, that was good or bad, right? Like, and I think we don't want to leave room for that. We don't leave room for the misunderstanding or the mind reading. We want to be able to speak about outside the bedroom what will work well for both of us to indicate to each other that something is working or not working. Uh, also, I think you mentioned when we were in our pre-talk about sometimes using your own keywords and just, you know, that doesn't have to say the whole sentence, just one word would say it. So what would keywords, what might, in which, we're right you use such keywords. I decide that this is good for me, what else? Well, I think being able to, you know, indicate like wanting more of that, right? Like, you know, that not just is good for me, but this is, you know, continue what you're doing, right? Or move away from what you're doing, right? Or being able to say, you know, like there also is, is room, like when you want to move along with what you're doing, right? Like maybe it's too long for you, the experience, right? And you want to be able to, you know, move, you know, move on to the next part of it, right? To be able to indicate that also the transition a little bit, right? That's also an important piece because I think you'll be ready at different times and how do you sort of know when you're ready to move on? That also is, you know, a space to sort of figure out how you want to communicate that with maybe a keyword or an indication or, you know, some kind of movement or touch or something like that, you know, to be able to figure that out. But also I, uh, in our conversation, we spoke a little bit like using keywords for like different activities, like, you know, like you want to take a road or you want to take a, car, a ride in the car can mean something entirely different to just the two of you. And it doesn't have to be spelling out exactly what that means. Right. Like I said, it's a little bit of the playfulness piece, right? Of just like being able to have, you know, sort of like a private, you know, conversation with each other, right? Like there could be hinting, which could be, you know, playful. Again, hinting, you always have to know, you know, make sure you both know what the hint is, right? <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's where people leave room for, oh, but like I was indicating to you all night that I wanted this, right? Like, and people will say that and it's like, but you didn't really spell it out even beforehand. Like, oh, when I say this, it means that. Right. So as long as you had that conversation, then, of course, you also could have these little sort of private moments, right, where it's like this is only between us. And I think that's a lot of what intimacy comes from. Right. It's like this is only something that we have between the two of us. Right. And that is where a lot of that connection and emotional intimacy comes from within the physical realm. Right. Because it's like this is just this is just our thing. Right. Together. Who talk uh, to having different expectations about Mick night could be like some women love it some don't, some don't, you know, so can you just talk about how to have that conversation about what that is like for you? Sure. So there's obviously there's, you know, so some people they need to talk about it, you know, right before going to the next door, maybe right when they're coming home, whatever they're comfortable with, right? Like, I think I always tell my couples that, you know, if you're nervous, if you're feeling like a pressure, if you're feeling like, you know, you're concerned about performance anxiety, whatever it is that's coming up for you, it's so much better to put it out than to, you know, again, sort of just, you know, not try to ruin the night. People are very afraid of that, right? Like I'll ruin the night by saying something and I'll tell you, I'll tell them like, you'll ruin the night if you don't say something, right? Because that will just, you know, leave that room for those misunderstandings and those miscommunications and, you know, him going too fast and you needing slower and, right? Just being able to, you know, talk that out and put it out there. If you say it in a way like, you know, I really, you know, I, I do miss you and I'm looking forward, right? But there is a part of me that's like a little bit nervous, right? We haven't, you know, done this in a while. It's something that I'm a little nervous about this. So I'm thinking about that, right? At the same time, I know like I'm so looking forward to reconnecting, right? Being able to just like have that positive there, but also sprinkle in what it is that's on your mind, right? And letting your spouse know what you need then, right? Do you need reassurance that you'll take it slow? Do you need to hear that, oh, you know, it's, we're gonna, you know, do it at your own pace. You need to, for him to just say, don't worry, when we get home, we're just gonna sit on the couch, right? And just talk for a little while, right? Like being able to also talk about that. And I think that a lot of, again, you have to figure that out, it takes time, but 
knowing what you need on a good night. Do you need to come home and just like sit down for a little while, right? I've had clients that have gone, you know, out for ice cream, they'll pick her up and they go out for ice cream. I have a client that will go for a walk beforehand, right? You know, just as soon as she gets home, right? Just being able to like navigate, you know, when I get home, I want to go straight to the bedroom. I don't want to go straight to the bedroom, right? Being able to just talk out what that night, what your expectations are for that night. Right. And it doesn't have to be done right before the next bed. So we done just in general, right? what, that, what you want that night to look like, but just recognizing that it can change, right? It could be one month. It's like this and another month it's like that. And that's, you know, I think where people also get stuck in, but I told him once, right. But like, if that changed for you, and especially, you know, this happens all the time. And, and I, I would say, you know, I mean, I treat women, right. But like, for the most part, I see, I'll tell women, right. We're a little bit complex in that way. Right. But like one month, this could be good. And the next month that could be good. One night, this could be good. And one night that could not be good. Right. And I'll have husbands always be like, it's so confusing. Right. Like, and I'll say, yeah, it is a little confusing. And that a lot has to do with the emotional headspace that we're in, you know, what's going on for us. Right. And being able to say like, oh, you know, last night that was really great for me, but like, I don't know if tonight I'm up for that. Right. Like being able to just talk that out is so important because otherwise, oh, that was good. Okay, I'm going to do that again, right? But maybe you're not up for that to be able to, you know, talk about that. And then there's also just, you know, being able to, you know, even just talk on the night about just like what's on your mind and what's going on and be able to just, you know, take some of the pressure off of the night, right? Not make it this, you know, heavy, like, you know, just focus only on, right, the physical part, being able to also think about the emotional part of what you need emotionally and how to get there. Any, I mean, there's so much more to talk on this topic. Any kind of final thoughts, things to like really the key takeaway? Yeah, so so I, I hope, you know, obviously what, you know, people took from it is, you know, that we're able to recognize obviously the importance of this. You know, I always say when people, you know, come for help, one thing, you know, for sure you're going to walk away with along with a lot of other things is the ability to learn how to talk about it because you're sort of, you know, in a space where you're, expected to talk about it right and we, we navigate that together right so it's really important to just you know really recognize that you know healthy couples really do this and they talk and they talk and they talk over and over again about it and that leaves so much of a better place for you know a better intimate life for a more successful intimate life for you know the ability to just have so much more connection and pleasure from it because you're navigating it together just the idea that you're talking about it means we're a, we're a team right? We're partners. We're working on this together to be able to get to a place where we can just have a much better intimate experience, you know, with each other. And that we're just going to keep on navigating and navigating and navigating as life goes on and changes and ups and downs. We're just going to keep talking about it so that we can just continue to work together on this.